Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hey, it's another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. I'm here with Diane Greco-Allen. What an interesting woman that I met. She has so much to talk about. We're really going to try to focus on some mental health. Diane, say hi to the listeners. Hi, I just want to say thank you very much for inviting me. We'd really like to, uh, you know, be able to open up and share whatever interests you and also to get my message across. Thank you so much, Diane, for taking the time to talk to us. Diane is a former nurse, surgical ICU. She is also an author. She published one book. She's on her second book. And she's also a functional medicine certified health coach. With I'm really interested in talking to you about that because I really don't know anybody that has that title. So Diane, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? So uh, through my experience of health dilemmas and issues all through my life, I went to many of the conventional doctors. And I was married to a doctor, so I, somewhere along the line, I just wasn't getting the help I needed. And uh, one of the last specialists I went to, which was a nephrologist, directed me to a doctor who was a functional medicine doctor. Okay. And that doctor looked into things that really, really, they look at the root cause of some of this dysfunction. And... In my case and scenario, with a 24-hour urine, they found that I had black mold growing throughout my body. What? Yeah. So, uh, and I was in, I was really, I have really, never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, this is something that they're finding more and more with some people, but it wasn't just that I was exposed to black mold. That can happen, yes, for a long period of time when you're exposed to it right. over a period of time. But what was going on in my life during that time? Okay, take us back, hon. When did you get know that there's something going on? Well, I, I, had, I had trouble throughout childhood. Okay. So and, and what it, here's what I've learned over the time frame, because I had trouble through childhood. I was a little bit obese during my younger years. And as a nurse, I, I wasn't really, you're taught nutrition, but you're not really understanding it completely. Right. And they don't go into detail with how to recommend nutrition. It wasn't like they have now nutrition right. therapy. It's so different now. Yes. And so before, I mean, I grew up in an Italian family. Uh, me big, too. Big Italian family. <laughs> lots of food. Yes. Lots of cheese. Lots 
lots of bread. (laughs) And and our house was the hub for everybody to come to eat. And my mom had huge pizza parties. So these mega pizza parties, we were inviting everybody from the neighborhood. Was this homemade pizza? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And everything was relatively homemade. Yeah. So, but what I, you know, what you learn as you grow and get through life and in my nursing career I was working a lot of night shifts so that was like playing with my circadian rhythms it was throwing my cycles off so you weren't sleeping very well uh no I I had a strange if you talk to any nurse that's worked night shift they have very strange anybody that does the graveyard shift right but you know I also had some peculiar eating habits and, you know, as a teen, I worked at McDonald's. I started out at McDonald's. Yeah. And so I worked there. Even during that time, I was always aware of what I was eating, how much. And, you know, I sort of was like somebody who watched my paid weight. Paid attention Paid to attention it, right. to the type of things, how much and what I was doing. Except for ice cream and peanut butter. Really? That sounds like when you're pregnant, you'd crave that ice cream and peanut butter. (laughs) I would make ice cream and peanut butter smoothies almost every day after school. That sounds good. Dangerous. I know. (laughs) And then, you know, those... uh, So this was in after school. You're talking about in high school. In in middle school and high school. Middle school and high school. So And I had four brothers, and, you know, we had a large family. And then my sister came into my life when I was 10. Now, okay, so she, you're 10 years older than your sister. Yes. Okay. And so when my sister came into my life, my life, our, our life changed. Yes. And uh, my mother was working full time. My father, he reupholstered furniture, and she she worked for Penny Baseball. And so she, they were both very, very busy with Involved, their businesses. Yes. And actually, my brother and I, who were in the middle, ended up being like her second parents. Really? Yeah. So and a lot of a people, lot of responsibility. A lot of people thought we were her parents. Like when we would walk around town with Aww. her, they thought we were yes. her parents. So um, there was a lot going on during that time. Um, as I, you know, moved into the nursing I brought a lot of bad habits into my sister's life. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, but you can't blame yourself. No, I don't blame myself. I just know that that right. was a part of it. Well, she grew up in pizzas and, you know, Pizzas and, well, you won't believe it, she loved nachos and cheese more than anything. You know what I find that a lot with Italians, that they, you know, they want to eat the American food. Yeah. Well, she ate a lot of the Italian stuff, but... So a lot of what happened with our relationship definitely was around food. And then there was more to that picture. Now, uh, you know, initially we connected because you knew that Denise was going to the chiropractor. Right. Yeah. So she was experiencing some pain issues. Right. Similarly, I had also been experiencing a lot of pain issues and was going to a chiropractor, you know, yeah. in a different place. Right. I did that for 20 years, not knowing that what I was eating was compounding my problems. Wow. 
and I was having such severe issues. What that, kind of issues were you having? So it was, it was a combination of gastrointestinal issues okay. and urinary. Both. Okay. Okay. So I just want to throw it out there that my husband was a urologist. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. anytime that I had urinary issues, there was always that I'm going to ask, you know, what right. his thoughts are. And so what I was doing is I didn't realize is I was almost causing my own commotion because I was asking him and then he was trying to help me with my problems. And then I learned that in, a, in when you're married to a physician as a nurse and a doctor, whatever yes. profession you are. Right. It's not good to rely on that other person for right. those answers. Exactly. And and I was. I was expecting him to give me those answers and and unfortunately it was through medication and then that caused more problems. Right. So actually what I was dealing with was diabetes. Oh. So the urinary issues that I, that were happening and also a yeast overgrowth. And so these things were not being treated properly because it was an immediate antibiotic or something else that he So when offer. did this come into play, Diane? Was this after you had your children? No, or? when I was a nurse, and this is what I've learned through functional medicine and functional nutrition, is that nurses and teachers, believe it or not, have these more extreme scenarios with their health and with issues with urinary problems and, and sometimes digestive issues. Uh, so Is I caused by stress, you know, uh, the stressful job. Most most definitely. Yes. Most definitely. And and stress comes out of you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you're dealing with stress in a different way. But I overeat when I'm upset. Right. So stress I, eating is a yes. huge, oh. huge yeah. yeah, it's terrible because yeah. then you feel even worse. Right. You know. But yeah, I mean, you go down these cycles yes. and these paths of, and then there's that comfort zone when you want to feel comfortable. Exactly. And you go back to these. So I call myself a food relationship coach because I came really, really in tune to why I was eating and what I was eating. Right. The reasons behind it. It's even, like a science, really. Even when you come back to being in the womb. Yes. So that's what true your with your mother, mother aids. Yes. <gasps> I didn't And those cycles of the stress she was dealing with. Yes. So sometimes you're born with a little bit of that. That's commotion, very interesting. A little bit of that commotion around. Wow. Yeah, so that's sort of like something that you bring into the world. It it's not anybody's fault. It's just that this comes with you, and you're now. You must, you know, you've got to figure you have to it adapt out. Adapt and figure the, out. The the only thing that I realize that families don't understand nutrition. They don't understand mindful eating. Yes. And mindfulness with eating is understanding that this is nourishment. Right. It's nourishment and it's for wellness. It's not for this great, you know, gratitude thing that we sometimes, sometimes we're doing those treats all the time. Right. I'm going to treat myself. Well, I was treating myself plenty. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, we, you know, I always go, I only live once. I can have this piece of cheesecake or this. But with families and with, you know, particularly our families being Italian, and I'm sure other uh, nationalities do the same thing, the food brings the family together. So we were using food as our like 
conversation, um, comfortability with our family? I don't know. Do you? So, I, and this is perfect because it is. Food is communication, right. and it is about bringing you together with other people, mm-hmm. but it's also about bringing this food into your body and knowing that it's 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 helping you perform right and knowing your everyday that, life yes yes and so before mindless eating i mean we had massive amounts of food during the holidays oh, yeah i still do that when people come over my husband always goes who are you feeding i always have too much because i that's how i was growing up that's exactly yeah and that 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 is even people that have went, that went through war in the past and they know what it's like not to have food right they're either they're either hoarding food because they never really feel like they're satisfied, right. you know, to say that it's okay that I don't have everything here today. Right, I know. It's yeah. so true. So, But in our family, it was like, everybody's going to be coming. We have to have a lot of food yes. and massive eating. I'm talking amounts, yes. right. amounts. Now, my mother would prepare. Well, you're offended. You know, our generation of our, you know, they would be offended if you wouldn't eat. Right. So then you felt like obligated, like, I have to eat something. I have to eat. My grandma made this homemade bread. I have to eat it. Exactly. (laughs) Although I wanted to eat it. It wasn't just like I was eating forced. And and, and that's another proponent of knowing how to say, you know, my boundaries and being careful with saying no and and not feeling guilty about saying no. Right. And saying it in a a genuinely uh, thankful way, saying, you know, know, this is something that doesn't serve me. But you don't have to say that. You just say, no, thank you. Right. And, you I already know, ate. Yes. We always say yes. that, and then she, my yeah. grandma would get even more mad. Well, so go, <laughs> you know, it's just, you it go, is, it's true. It's true. It so, you know, like, going back to uh, what you were saying about what, you were, what you were being diagnosed with, with your urine and also your diabetes, how old were you when this came about? That was all in my uh, 30s and 40s. Okay. So, here, uh, as I. I was dealing with thyroid issues throughout my life that were never really diagnosed. Okay. And I didn't realize that until after the fact. But during, um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, anxiety and depression. I had all kinds of muscle aches and pains, so they, they tagged me with some other kind of muscle problem. Uh, then I was having neurological problems. They told me I had abdominal migraines. Wow. Uh, they were telling me everything. I was on up to 15 different prescription drugs oh, at one time. Oh, my goodness. So it collected because right after my fourth child was born, uh, I, that was my fifth pregnancy because I had a miscarriage too. But after that fourth child was born, I went into postpartum. It was really fatigue and burnout. Oh, but they were tagging it as depression. depression. And then they put me on Zoloft, and I was on it for 20 years. Oh, my god! I was on Zoloft, and then they compounded it with other medications. It just kept on climbing up steps with all these medications. But, I mean, with the Zoloft, how did you feel? So... Um, and, and one of my mother's friends told me, she said, Diane, I thought you had turned into a zombie. She said, you were emotionless. Oh. You you didn't look like yourself. And I had gained weight because I was going up and down right. all over the place. But I had gained weight. And then I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get rid of my weight. Oh. Uh, so I was like walking 
continuously. But during all of that time, I also was extending, overextending myself way too much. I was in scouting. I was doing a lot of things, helping up at the school. My kids were all going through, um, they went to St. Louis de Marillac. So I was was doing a lot of things there. And I just kept on. You couldn't focus on you. No. I didn't know what self-care was. Right. And taking the pills, you thought, okay, I'm helping my body. Well, I didn't really. I just, it wasn't even that. I was dedicated to nursing and medicine and everything yes. and just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Exactly, because, you, you know, being a former nurse, you knew all this. Well, that that was the way I was taught. Right. I think yeah. we all take all the medicine you can. Yeah. So tell us more about now. Your, your sister, was because she was 10 years younger than you, because you were saying about whatever your mother ate or whatever, like, was she already born to... So, yeah, there were some underlying things. And so what I want to say about my sister, and maybe your audience doesn't know this, but uh, my sister passed away last year. She was 49. She was going to be 50 in like two to three weeks. Thank you so much. Um, And she was a single parent. And so a lot of her life, she dealt with many different things. And I do believe that it's not only the place, her birthplace in our family. She was the youngest. It was my mother's health. And you know what? My mom, she drank before she had Denise. I don't think she drank during that time. I couldn't tell you that for right. sure. They smoked a lot. Yeah. You know, I think. And she was also on anti-anxiety medication. So oh, my mother, mother was, was on okay. medication. And so there were some other things around that time. Mm-hmm. My, mo- my mother was a little bit older. You know, so all these things were compounded. But, you know, it's like what you're around what, what your siblings are doing, the peer right. pressures in life. My sister was bullied terrible. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. And, and I was trying to be there for her, but my way of love was to come home and bring her a pie from, like, Eaton Park. Yes, <laughs> right. Fulfill her her need of feeling, you know, loved by giving her food. Yeah, and, and that's what we all did. Yes. My aunts did the yes. same thing. They would bring back bags and bags of candy oh, yeah. for everybody. And then it got to the point where I started waking up about a little bit of about the nutrition. And then I almost went overboard with her. I was trying to guide my sister. I knew she didn't couldn't grasp some of the things that were reality. Right. You know. And she her perception of what was going on in my life and that what was really she was dealing with, there was a big disconnect. And um it was very difficult to I always tried to help her after she became a mother because I knew she would struggle just doing for herself. Right. And she was a single parent. So there was a lot of control issues around my sister with my mother. And so some of the things that that other part of that relationship also was it was very difficult. Yes. So I, I enrolled in NAMI, the twelve week program, family to family. Yes. And I tried to get my mom and tell my, us more a, a little bit about So NAMI. NAMI is National Alliance for Mental Illness. So I got connected to that program to see, you know, how we my mother and I could help my sister. And what I learned was we couldn't do anything for her. We could help ourselves. Right. You know. And she sees an example of like, wow, look at my sister, look at my mom. They're really 
focusing on nutrition and focusing on themselves or well-being. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, my mother could not participate like I yes. thought she yeah. would. Yeah. And she was still the old Italian right. way, the mind. Right. And so it was still, we're going to bake and we're going to cook. Yes. Yeah. And it was oh, just yeah. So it went back her to life. her. That was yes, her life. that was her life. I love my mother dearly. I, I never wanted ever take anything back. No. It was Those a learning and beautiful too. experience. Yes. So, but what I, you know, what I learned is that we all have to support ourselves in the best way for our own mental health. So my relationship with my sister changed, but also some other things were changing in my life. Some things became a little confusing and difficult, and she couldn't understand some of the things that I was doing. But uh, as far as making healthier choices, I could tell she was struggling making those healthier choices. Right. It, she would get tricked up because one of her nicknames was Pizza Baby. Oh, geez. So when they tagged her with that, because she always served pizza at our pizza parties, oh, they gave her see. that name, Pizza Baby. She became very connected to She me. identified as Pizza Baby. Like so that's she my could nickname. never give up pizza. As my sister's health declined, and from what I learned, my sister was going through something called metabolic syndrome. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. Metabolic syndrome is uh, cardio. It's it's partly the, the connection of endocrine dysfunction, pancreatic, it's diabetes. Oh, did she have diabetes? Well, they, they did. You know, she would not let me to some degree go with her to her medical uh, doctors. I mean, I would take her. Yes. She would not let me come into them. Okay. Because I told her, I said, two ears are better. I mean, four ears are better. Right. Than, <laughs> right. And one set of ears. And I yeah. thought I could help decipher because I did that with my parents. Right. You know, you go in and you listen. Plus, you were taking care of your diabetes. But I didn't understand it completely either until yeah. I got into functional medicine. It's amazing how you don't even know what you have or other people may have this. And you, you, you know, you were focusing so much on helping your sister and helping yourself. I mean, that's, it's just amazing. So, and, and on top of that, when my mom was diagnosed, both my mom and dad were diagnosed at the, when my youngest son was four, they were both diagnosed with cancer. Oh, and they were diagnosed like within, within like six months of each other. Oh. And so I became a full-time caregiver and coordinator of care for both of them. Oh, wow. And then my dad didn't live long after he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. And um, he went through cardi- he went through open heart surgery twice <sighs> because they did cardiac and then they did the lung. And then when he died, my mother actually lived 18 years longer. God with bless. ovarian. Yes, so ovarian. Then, wow. So I helped her through all of that, but she had a lot of dysfunctional things going on with her body. I knew she wasn't going to ever give up sugar. Yes. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> She's like, forget it. I'm yeah. not. You know. Then you you run into that avenue where as you get older, you're like, you know what? Forget it now. Like I can't do anything about it, or I'm not going to change my ways now. I enjoy it, and blah blah blah. But we don't know what we're really putting in our bodies. You know, and that's the scary part. But I, when I look at you, I see this guardian angel. You are everybody's angel. 
you're your sisters, you're your siblings, you're your kids, you're, you know, your parents. Like I see this guardian angel that you're, you help so many people. You just have a heart of gold. So thank you. That's no, very nice. It's, very kind. Of I you. can see it in your yeah. eyes, the passion. Well, I, I can just say that, you know, after, you know, losing my sister, because our relationship broke down towards the end, and she was making some, some rather poor choices that were hurtful yeah. to me and my brother and to some of the family. You know, it was just, and being, with her being a single parent, we wanted to embrace her daughter as much as we could right. uh, to help guide her, too. It was a real struggle. I have a lot of good memories of my sister yes. and I oh, together. Yes. So, you yeah. guys were best friends. Yeah, we know? were. We knew each other. That's what right. was really funny. Right. We knew each other. And it's hard for her to, you know, listen to you because you're her older sister. She told oh, You're lecturing her or you're just telling her, you know, it's hard. It's hard. So... What on her day of memory, our memorial that we had for her, I explained to everybody. One of the things that she said to me was, Diane, I just want you to be my sister. And it was heart-wrenching. God bless. Yeah. And you were her. Yeah. You were her sister. You were her, like, caregiver. You were you supported her through so much, yeah. so much. And, yeah. you know, and I was smiling at you and saying, you know, Diane... You were my sister, and you were helping me in so many different ways. She she was a sweet-hearted girl. She looked up to you, I can tell. You know, yeah. I don't know for I'm just speculating, but I would see that she looked up to you, oh, you know? Thanks. Yeah. And it hurts my heart to think that, you know, you lost your sister. What are you doing now to really turn things around? Because, you know, this is a very important thing about... Because not a lot of people think about what you're putting in your body and your mental health and what exactly... Because I love the that you're a functional medicine certified health coach. So functional medicine is all about just the functional body. Okay. Coming to baseline to know what the natural processes are and supporting them. Okay. So that we don't abuse our body and that our digestion actually works. The digestive system works to the point where we're not falling into liver disease, kidney disease, mental health issues that are related and associated to those because a lot of our mental health issues can be sometimes related to an infection. Oh, my gosh. I would never think that. Do you know how many people are on medicine? Oh, I know. I talk to so many people now, and it's it's just, you know, and I can admit that I, during COVID, I needed to take some medicine because I was in a depression. And I really think that COVID did bring out a lot of anxiety and stress and just the unknown. And I think a lot of people, I don't know for sure, but I'm saying that they are they're thinking they need this aid. Right. you know, to take. Well, there's there's different ways. I, I can tell you when I was going through my roughest times, I was on an anti-anxiety medication, uh-huh. and that supported me temporarily through the worst time. Okay. That ends, even with pain, because there was nothing I took 
I, I don't know if you're familiar with pancreatitis, but I fell into the place no. of pancreatitis. And if anybody in your audience has pancreatitis or has been diagnosed, I would definitely love to talk to them. Yes. Because that is a very sensitive time. Uh, your your body's in a lot of dysregulation. Okay. Uh, it's just the combination of the mind and the body. The mind and the because body. Because the gut is connected to your brain directly. Oh. And the vagus nerve to the gut and the heart. And so the vagus nerve sits at the base of your brain. So, you know, these things that are innervating our right. eating habits and what, you know, that loop that goes back and forth, wow. you know, triggers so many things. And some people get into this sugar cycle and then they're just on this addiction, food right. addiction it is process. a food addiction, yes. yes. But the thing is... Because you I feel like your body craves it. Yeah. There's a reason behind all of it. And then women on top of it go into more of the, the salt and the sugar because their body's going through so much more healing and whatever you need to do for right. you. The hormones, um, you know, are hormones just and uterus and everything, and as somebody who's a nurturing mother, that body is made for nurturing a baby, right? You know, so you're going to go through those cycles, and so there's so many proponents to this. You know, yes. there's components and everything that you we do in our environment that's around us and our peer pressures and whatever. We want to look for good energy. Yes. You want that good energy to be around you. So my, my daughter, like, I mean, my, my sister was headed into some directions and she had, I want to say it was like really bad ADHD. Yeah. I mean, there, there were just loops and cycles and circles. I had ADHD to, to a point too. Right. And I want to say that in my late 30s, early 40s, I was so bad. I was almost pre-dementia. Oh, my gosh. I was so bad. Wow. My, my son tells me, he reminds me all the time, Mom, do you remember the time when I was at high school and you came to pick me up and I saw you drive by four times? <gasps> yeah. Oh, my god. And that was while I was caregiving for my mother, too. Wow. So I, I had no self-care mode on. Right. You were just, just going, going through the motions. I was going really... through the motions. I would. I was driving in different places, and and I literally almost forgot my son. I did that several times oh. with him. And that can you imagine what that feels like for a child? I can't even imagine because yeah. they don't understand. Yeah, and they're just like, "What is going on with my mom?" And that's a hard thing for them to know and see. Right. Oh, so what, now when you were talking about your gut and having black mold, that I have never heard that. So can you explain a little bit about that? So if you wear yourself and your immune system down and you're exposed to something for a long period of time, it's going to take over in your body. Now, they do know that there are ways to control and um, modify your environment, first of all. I was exposed, I believe, even as a child. Okay. So it wasn't, it, it could have been that I was exposed as a child in our household, and then it got worse when I went to another location where there was black mold. So there, I, I, know, I know I've seen, you know, black mold before, like in the house or something, if a water break or whatever. So that black mold can actually get in our lungs. Is yes. that what you, we're breathing it in? Yes. Oh my. Yeah. 
I don't. I think a lot of the older homes, you know, if you in an older home, it may still have it there. You may not see it, maybe painted over, but it could be still there. Right, and there are there are mediators out there all over the place that address black mold, and I just say for everybody to do your best. And I have a. It's called Family Food Safety and Beyond. Okay. And it addresses black mold because there's so many things, even in our foods, we have to be aware of. The organic foods go, they only have a shelf life of so long. Okay. So you have to be aware of that. And you have to really look at your food to see when you purchase it if there's mold on it. Right. Because you look at the expiration date, but sometimes, you know. And then all the foods that are sprayed with all these anti-molds and all these, you know. that chemicals. That chemical stuff also impacts you. So you have to weigh things out. Right. But taking care of yourself and knowing the stress, reducing your stress in life and getting a routine is always helpful. Oh, yes. And, yeah. you know, and tell us now, because you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. So when you were saying you were taking like 15 different uh, medications a day, mm-hmm. how did you, how, how many are you taking now? Okay, so I went from 15 medications. I want to say never stop any medication cold turkey unless you're under the advice of a physician yes. or someone, natural practitioner, someone professional. Right. Wean off those drugs because anything that you put in your body, your body has to adjust to coming off. Right. The only other thing I say that you don't have to wean off of is refined sugar. You can come off of refined sugar okay. within like a week right? and still be getting other sugars you know, right. to support. And I always say, if you're going to wean off of, of refined sugars, that you should support yourself with the natural sugars that are fruits. Okay. So then when you went to the doctors and they found all the stuff going on and you were taking all that medication, how did you start weaning off of that? So um, it, it took me about three months to figure out which ones I could wean off of. It The longest... Like, I I came off the Zoloft. When I came off the Zoloft, it was almost like I was in another reality. It was like, oh, my God, this is real life. (laughs) Yeah, you were like in a fog, right? Oh, my gosh, it was like a totally different... And what did your mom's friend say to you? Yeah, she told me, she said, you know, I thought you were a zombie, you know? Yes. So, but when I came off of that, and then the the one that took me the longest was the anti-anxiety. That just helped me actually more with, believe it or not, the pain control, because I dealt with... The first time I had pancreatitis, I lost 35 pounds because I couldn't eat. The second time that I got pancreatitis, acute pancreatitis was in 2013 and I lost 60 pounds in four months oh my god and I couldn't gain it back it was it was horrific and I I was you sleeping eat? I, I was sleeping on a table I couldn't lay in bed it hurt oh so bad my it was gosh. the worst I am telling you anybody that has pancreatitis knows oh, how much pain I'm there so is sorry. it's like going into labor labor and not having anything to calm so th- I was gonna say like for a long period of time there's no because relief. you know a lot I, well not a lot but I know for me I always get that stomach pains and I'm like oh, what is that stomach pain like something I ate or something and it takes a while for it to go away but it's like you're hunched over the pain is so bad and it wraps around to your back of and that's probably why 
I, you know. So it's an inflammation. Yes. There's inflammation that can happen in the pancreas. It can happen in the esophagus, all these itis type things. So there's inflammation are caused mostly by food or the type of eating habits we have or that we've carried on. And um, the liver gets hepatitis. It's not always a viral hepatitis over a long period of time. That is uh, like a, a way that supports bad things to happen. Yes. And then these viruses take over. Now, introducing a virus into your body and it's several viruses at one time and right. while you're going to school or whatever, you know, sometimes it's a lot at one time. So you just want to support your immune system. Exactly. And we talk about immune system so much. And so uh, tell us now, okay, so you were taking all the medicine, then you started weaning, then you started losing all this weight. How did you get back on track? Well, actually, I had to gain weight. Okay. So, because I had lost, I lost the 60 pounds, and then I got into a really un healthy unhealthy uh, weight area right i i am now back to my pre-marital weight oh, <laughs> from nice. many years ago congratulations yeah. uh, but it, but it, it took you a while a, to get there it's not about i don't like to go too much into the weight okay weight area right because you just different. want to balance out functional digestion and know what that is right and functional hydration because Ooh, what is this that is functional? functional hydration is getting hydrated not just from drinking well, like yeah. the water or the liquids that we're used to drinking right. you know so many people are just drinking so many different types of right. of fluids yes. but you have to realize that your food should accommodate most of your water oh my goodness like what kind could you name like three meats all have water in them okay all the vegetables have water in them all the fruits have water in them if you adjust it you don't want to go fruit crazy because there's a lot you know if you do too much of the sugar right the sugar and the too much of the starchy type vegetables so what you want to do is drinking water is wonderful it's a wonderful benefit we need it but a lot of our water content should come from our food. Right. Now, and so many people are eating yep. the dry foods and the processed, and they're they're getting de- dehydrated and depleted and cause, yeah. believe it or not, heart attacks. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, you know, and my biggest thing, like a, a lot of friends of mine have been talking about this, um, where you don't, uh, what is it called? Fasting, intermittent fasting. Okay. Yes. And... Is that healthy or is that just... I'm I'm going to... I'm going to be a a cautious person. Yes. Okay. So uh, because I couldn't eat, I went into those fasting moods and I'm going to say that it might work and I just did a little YouTube video on this. It might work once or twice a year to do maybe... Some people do 72-hour fasts. Yes. Some people do 48-hour fasts. Right. There might be some benefit to that, but I'm going to say... Don't go crazy with that. Not long term. Uh, long term. And also, if you're going to be fasting, it should be from either 8 p.m. at night to 8 p.m. in the morning or something of that nature. And then the if you divvy up your day a little bit, you know, and give space for your digestion, eating in, in smaller increments, I always use my right. hand. 
you know, for yeah. the, you know, knowing how much I have these things in my book, five five points of awareness and five W's. Oh, yes. Tell us the title of your book. I'm sorry. So I'm the, gonna the, the title is It Might Be Your Pancreas. And okay. then inside of it, um, it goes into diabetes. It goes into inflammatory disorders with the gut okay. and the bowel and how it can affect your kidneys and uh, how things... So the listeners can get... Where can they get this book? They can get it on Amazon. Okay. Yes. It might be your pancreas, and it's pancreatitis awareness and natural digestive recover. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, tell us now, like, you were taking those 15 medications, and now... With anxiety and depression, do you need any of that now that you're in a healthier? I found some natural items that work, and um, everything works different for everybody. uh, What I say is, now that I've invested into botanical knowledge and herbs and learning about plant-based foods, and I believe in using all sources of. A support for your immune system, right? Uh, but knowing how much, and that's why you come to someone like me right. to help guide you because everybody is individual. Exactly. Now, do you have like a website? I have uh, a Facebook page called For the Health of It, where I post all of my information that is just either new and upcoming information. I have recipes on there. I have information that shows up for my YouTube videos that you can access. Um, also have Linktree that you can access all my links on Linktree. And then I have a page. What's it under, hunt For the health of it? Well, for your, yeah, for your Facebook and. Um, so my Facebook is up for the health of it. That's what it's called. Oh, that's what it's called. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then my page for my book is called Pancreatitis and Burnout. It's just a separate page that is linked to my book. Okay. Yeah, so that's also on Facebook, but I have to add you to that page. Okay, like joining so, a group. Yeah, so my... you would, my, I have a group page and then a page. Okay. And that page for my book is where you can access to set up times to talk to me and yeah, wow. schedule. I feel like I've learned a lot in this podcast, and I know the listeners are, the ears are all, because this is something that we don't really talk about. And we, you know, as society and community, we're supposed to be talking, I mean, more and more younger people are getting diagnosed with things. So if we talk about our eating habits, our mental health, and just trying to get through the day in this world with so many different people coming at you with all these different things try this try that try so you've got to find your way you've got to find what works for you but the options that you have and the knowledge that you have is really something that i feel like the listeners are going to benefit from well thank you thank you this was wonderful thank you for sharing your story and being so open and honest about what you've been through and what is going on for you today Thank you so much, Jenny, for even considering and contacting me, and I look forward to uh, doing more with you. Yeah, well, we'll definitely do another podcast with your second book, and we'll focus on more of that, too. So I just appreciate it for coming on Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel 
To heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.